You're listening to A Very Moody Sports Show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Brought to you by Moody and Sons Electric. For any electrical needs, call Moody and Sons at 864-478-4328. That's 864-478-4328. Welcome into A Very Moody Sports Show. I'm Daniel Moody. And this is Zach Whittington on a very special Friday NFL Draft edition of the Very Moody Sports Show. Daniel, take it away. So, yeah, we are uh, on day two of the draft. Uh, Round two is actually starting here in a few minutes, I do believe. Possibly already started, Zach. Um, And we had round one yesterday. Uh, So we figured we'd do a little reaction to round one for today and then possibly talk about some of the guys that fell in the draft because I do feel like there was a lot of uh, strange picks, a lot of picks that were unexpected in the top in the first round yesterday. So I think we'll have a few people to talk about that maybe fell down in the draft a bit. Um, But we do have a few things to address before that. Uh, Zach, as we are all starving for content at this point, as we all are starving for something to watch, uh, oh, fasted, fasted, babe. I am ready, man. This belly is empty. (laughs) And we got a little morsel, Zach, <laughs> last Sunday as we got to see the initial two episodes of The Last Dance, the Bulls documentary about the 97-98 season. Um, so, Zach, any first reactions off seeing what you saw? Anything that stood out to you? All right. So, The Last Dance, 97-98 Bulls season, documentary, 10-part series, Episodes 1 and 2 drew 6 million viewers, so that's a pretty big deal. That's a late-night explicit content basketball on ESPN. So, awesome. Broke records. Great. I loved it. Dan, what do you think? Did you it. love it? Huge fan. Did um, like it? I thought it was fantastic. Michael Jordan, I felt like the the... Michael Jordan was very open in his interviews. I felt like Scottie Pippen uh, interview fantastic. Um, just the fact that he was the the director was able to go around get firsthand interviews from all these people, Phil Jackson, um, obviously. Uh, so I think it was fantastic. And there was a few things that did stand out to me in these first two episodes, which I've heard from a few ESPN th- uh, things I listened to uh, that this is uh, these were the two most. Uh, quote a quote boring episodes just because they're more introduction of to who Jordan was because the apparently the Netflix uh people who were putting money into this went to the director said I want the first episode or two episodes to introduce Michael Jordan to a French kid that has never watched basketball before needs to know who Michael Jordan was so that's sort of what they were doing with that why the it was a deep dive into college career and stuff like that into what Michael Jordan's at work ethic and stuff like that was um, but what really stood out to me was uh, in these first two episodes already you're seeing sort of uh, them going in to the initial start of the 97 season and uh they apparently had a uh they had an exhibition tournament over in france and as they they had some video from the locker room and everybody sort of seems to be a little sore uh you got jordan over there talking to the trainer saying he needs to get right uh for the season and stuff so uh what stood out to me a bit with that was just the fact that like they're already showing you the wear and tear that's on this team after such a long run yeah, I mean, you're talking about 
six years of excellence and not to mention the work and the seven years prior that Jordan had already played in the league. So Jordan for seven years doesn't make the playoffs and when he does he gets shut out and then he finally gets Scottie Pippen and they're clicking and then you make the trade for uh, Winnington from no not Winnington Bill Cartwright you make the trade so you have your center it works out better you have Steve Kerr you have Bill Paxton well you had Bill Paxton for the first three you have Steve Kerr the second three titles but I still think the first two episodes were just really the insight into Michael Jordan you got some sit-down quotes from Michael Jordan. You got some sit-down quotes from Larry Bird. It was really just the whole backstory leading up to it. I'm very excited for episode three, the Dennis Rodman episode. Let's go. Because episode two was kind of the Scottie Pippen episode. That's what I did yeah. feel like, for sure. Yeah, it was 100%. The first episode's your intro to the team. The whole overall, here's Jordan, how he got here. Episode two, Scottie Pippen. And there was a lot of controversy a lot of people learned a lot about Scottie Pippen, and he was almost painted as painted as selfish. Jordan straight up said Scottie was being selfish because Scottie Pippen had a hurt leg, hurt knee, and he opted for surgery at the end of the summer, beginning of the 97-98 season, rather than having surgery beginning of the summer because he said he didn't want to mess up his summer. That's what Scottie Pippen said. I don't want to mess up my summer, so he opted to have surgery later which was seen as a slight at management, the general manager Jerry Krause. and the owner, Jerry Krause, and the owner, Jer- he's Jerry something else. But anyways, Scotty was somewhat being selfish over contract talks. He signed a seven-year, $19 million contract. <laughs> so in today's terms, he was equ- paid equivalently to... I can't remember who's the 122nd player, but oh he's God. that poorly paid. And people are considering Scottie Pippen to be second best player in the NBA at the time as a stretch three, stretch four, one of the best defenders in the league, led his team in a few stats, led his team in assists, led his team in steals. He was second in rebounding. He was second in points. So Scottie Pippen really – like Michael Jordan said, when you mention Michael Jordan, you should mention Scottie Pippen. And that's what we learned in the first two episodes. And we're in for a treat because we were alive, Dan, for Dennis Rodman. And we knew Dennis Rodman was crazy just off of his name when we were kids. But we are about to see Dennis Rodman. In depth. Unveil. Yes, and it's going to be wild Sunday. And people are going to tune in because that's all you got to say is Dennis Rodman. The U.S. Ambassador to North Korea. <laughs> Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. I am so excited if for you, sure. If you're having a nuclear conflict, Who just you get call? Dennis on the phone. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dennis Rodman. I just think, I think it is fantastic. It's been great. Um, and obviously we got lots more from it. Um, but Zach, I did want to ask you as far as, as far as the uh, documentary itself and what happened, do you view Jerry Krause as the villain in this uh or are you seeing that like jordan pippen uh phil jackson these guys who seem to obviously 
I feel like they were warranted in feeling a little betrayed that they were going to just get shut down as far as uh, just getting broken apart. But do you for sort of do you side a bit with Jerry Krause on saying uh, that he is the GM and that's what he was there to do is consistently keep that team relevant and keep building and whatnot? All factors considered, and when I say that, championships in mind. Scotty Pippen contract disputes in mind. Being a GM and always supposing to do the team improvement thing, aka the Belichick way. Jerry Krause, I mean, he wasn't that bad of a GM. He made great moves. He put together the best team ever, essentially. And then you're getting mad at him for trying to trade Scotty Pippen, who's mad over his contract for Tracy McGrady. You're trying to get mad about that when Tracy McGrady was literally top five player in the league at the time or could have been, had that type of potential. And then, Scotty, I'm sorry, you can't get mad at management when you sign a seven-year, $19 million contract. The same thing just happened to DeAndre Hopkins and the Houston Texans. He signed a contract. He outperformed his contract. The times changed. Same thing for Scotty Pippen. Times changed. The bargaining agreement changed. You can make... 10 times as much money as you could in the last bargain agreement. And just because you decided for security and what was in the early nineties for a $19 million contract, which was a lot of money back. You just can't anticipate the economy and inflation and the CBA happening in the way it does. And now today you have players like Steph Curry making $40 million a year. Chris Paul's making $47 million next year for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Chris Paul. We're not talking about best player in the league. We're talking 15th best player in the league, Chris Paul. 25th best player in the league, Chris Paul. You know, so that's what I'm saying. And Scottie Pippen got caught up in all of that. So I, 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 if I'm management, if I was the GM of the Bulls and Scottie's getting mad at me, I'm like, I understand, Scotty. The thing that makes it worse for Scotty was Scotty was making $2 million a year when Jordan was making $34 million a year, plus all of Jordan's endorsements. I, I assume Scotty Pippen made a ton of endorsements, too. I haven't looked it up. I'm sure he was in commercials. I'm sure he was had a n- lucrative deal with somebody. I'm pretty sure. Exactly. So you can't. He, he wasn't roughing it by any means. Don't give me that shit. No. But at the same time, at the same time, there was a disparity between what Jordan's getting paid and what Scotty's getting paid. And if I'm management, maybe you restructure. But at the same time, on the dotted line, it literally says, I don't have to restructure when you sign that dotted line. <laughs> so, well, and Jerry Krause is known for what they said. Jerry Krause was known for not restructuring contracts. So, Scotty Sore, I, I agree that he bit walked into it, but it is tough as far as you know that you are the second best player in the league at that time and you're making there's that some money football owners there's some owners of teams regardless of sports like families that it is a policy we do not restructure and that's over the gm's head that is coming from the owners of the organization saying we do not restructure deals case in point you we came to an agreement and you are not holding to that agreement so, there's my two cents, Dan, right there. <laughs> well, while we're talking, you mentioned while we were talking about that, that, you know, the Bulls being one of the greatest teams ever 
built by a GM. Um, another really great team that uh, I would put up there as far as one of the best teams in NBA history uh, was the twenty uh, was the 2017-2016 Warriors. And after the Warriors uh, had that great season, they bring in KD. Um, but uh, recently, it was Draymond Green was on a podcast. He was quoted saying that KD's uh, contract dispute uh, when he was his last year with the Warriors was the was the elephant in the room for the year um, and said that that is the reason there was such a big issue between them. The whole blow up on the court was about that, said all of that was legitimate. Um, so, Zach, I was wondering, what do you think as far as him saying that? Do you think he should have kept that more into the close of the vest? Do you think that's something that's fine to be sharing like that? Draymond... There may be a bit of Draymond trying to stay relevant. There may be a bit of Draymond's just a blabbermouth because he kind of is when you get him on a hot mic. He just keeps talking. But I like Draymond because he he liked, he loved Kevin Durant being on the team so bad, so much. He loved being Kevin Durant's teammate so much that he was so hurt by a decision for Kevin Durant leaving. So a lot of this is a testament to how good of a teammate KD is, how good of a teammate Draymond is. Because you don't, if you didn't care about the guy, it would be a non-issue. It would be a non-issue. And the fact that it's an issue says that there was some good times, (laughs) and there were, obviously. You won back-to-back titles. And even though that they won a title before that, Draymond's just a hothead, just like I'm a hothead. If you want to hit somebody where it hurts, you know what to say. You know what buttons to press. And saying we didn't need you is exactly the button you needed to press for Kevin Durant, who already has an identity crisis struggle because he's the second best player in the league, not the first best player in the league. So you got to – there, and at the time, the whole country calls him a snake and hates him, and he just wants to be a good guy. So Kevin Durant's got his own battles, and then – Draymond's just fueling the fire on a guy who's already trying to make his legacy meaningful. So that's quite well, Zach. I will say that is quite the angle. I didn't even think about the angle as far as saying that it represents how much Draymond appreciated KD as a teammate. I didn't even think about that. That's a fantastic point. I mean, I think so. Like, it's credit to these guys that like it's such a big deal that they're breaking up, man. Like. The Draymond's just sad because like you got a good thing going. It's like it's like the guy who's got the super hot girlfriend and he thinks everything's amazing. We're going out, she's happy, I'm happy the whole time. He has no idea. She's got one foot out the door, leaves him hanging, and he's like, Well, I thought everything was great and she's like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. No, I gotta go I gotta go find myself, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's exactly Draymond is the boyfriend who got broken up with. Draymond is the boyfriend who overshot his coverage, and she left him still. Kevin Durant is is the is the nine or the ten that you shouldn't have been dating in the first place. Draymond, you should have right. seen it coming. Come on, man. Uh, yeah. Well, but Zach. Either way, more credit to the Warriors. Great team. So, Dan, if you're going to give me a Draymond argument, you're going to bring up the Warriors and Kevin Durant. You're going to bring up seventy three and nine. You think seventy three and nine is better than seventy two and ten? Bulls or Warriors? Well, I actually don't. So we, if you take a visit to uh, our website, verymoviesportspage.com, um, you will see a few. We've got a few new articles up, and this is actually one I wrote about that I don't think you can compare 
teams of different eras saying this is the greatest team of all time. I think that you have to compare that the team has to just be the best team of that era. So no, I don't think that you can compare the 73 win Warriors versus 72 win Bulls because it's two different eras and they were playing two different brands and versions of basketball. Um, things are just different. The offensive, the, like imagine if the Warriors played back then with the Bulls and they were the offensive, uh, Steph Curry wasn't able to pull up threes and draw fouls and uh, wasn't getting all the calls. Like that's the thing is back then you could get away with a little more defense. So perhaps Steph the Curry. Warriors aren't as effective at their game that they play when you can't sit there and just go run down the court and either pull up a three or draw, try to drive it in, draw a foul. Like it's just a different game. Same premise that I don't think you can compare the 96, 97 Bulls to the 86, 85, 86 Celtics. I think those are two very different teams because the Celtics were a dominant team in the post and when you try to like, there's just a different type of game. Michael Jordan was the person that sort of pulled the game away from the post, changed the era of basketball a bit. So I just think it's a little different. For sure. For sure. So Zach, uh, before we get into the draft talk, uh, there was a little bit of trade news before the draft started. And this is what actually seemed to break sports. Break Twitter. It broke everything. Gronk was traded to the Tampa whoa, 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 Bay Buccaneers. Whoa, whoa. He's, he's retired. How do you trade For him? literally pocket change, basically. Well, he's going to come out of retirement convinced by Tom Brady. And Zach, let me let you know, Tom Brady went to the front office of the Bucks. And said, and so the, uh, I can get him out of retirement. Gronkowski and retired he when he still had a one-year $10 million left on his Patriots contract. And he reinstated his career. And he was traded for a... Do you know the details, Dan? It was a seventh and a fourth. I'm pretty sure he was... I'm pretty sure it was a seventh and a fourth for Gronk to the Patriots. And the Patriots are just fourth. stacking up yeah. picks. Old Billy... Trading Gronk, a guy he had didn't even have on the team. So there you go. Good good move on the Patriots. And now the Buccaneers in the driver's seat in the NFC for the Super Bowl? Question mark. Really are. Oh man, they are definitely if you don't have the Bucks as a Super Bowl potential well, out of the NFC, we're gonna what do you do? We have to adjust your our life thoughts on a lot of NFC teams and their current standing based off of what happened last night. Like Dan said, this is day two NFL draft. The second round is currently taking place. I'm watching on one of my screens here to my left. And uh, yesterday, yesterday was a uh, NFL draft 2020 multi-screen day one first round. And it was held virtually due to pandemic circumstances the year 2020, the NFL draft was on a bunch of little screens like you would see out of a sci-fi movie in the 80s. And here we are, Dan. So I reaction, Zach, any thoughts? Because uh, I have a thoughts couple thoughts what? before what you really gonna, get into well, the actual drafts. Uh, so we're going to address Roger Goodell first off. 
you're ruining the booze, man. He's so, he's just leaning into him. He's turning around, clapping at the screen, telling people who obviously can't hear him, by the way. He's talking to a screen of people that can't hear him. And he's like, bring it on, give me more. It's a little and cringe like, when stuff you like that you happens. Can't want it. Like, you gotta, you like you're making it not it, cool. It's like, it's like when the parents get to your social media platform. Exactly. He's making you know, it less fun. It's like, we're on to the next thing here. Like, we were booing you, you but now we're just going like, to not out care because you acknowledged it. Like, if you were if you were actually mad about us booing, we would boo at full force. But so, you're not mad about it. So who cares anymore? Second thing on Roger Goodell. This man thought he was hosting the Emmys, man. He had a wardrobe change mid-draft. What he did? I did not know that. He did. He changed wardrobe. That's mid-round. People might That's have not mid-draft. That's may mid-round. Have, uh, mid-round. Like, you may have not noticed it, but, like, go back and watch the coverage. That man, completely different suit at one point. He's like, what just happened? Why? Also, the draft lasted long as freaking now. Oh, yeah, it, it always does. That thing went on forever. Look, we got we got a commissioner right here with the, the quarter zip sweater, so... Roger Goodell holding it down second round. Um. So yeah, and then it was fun. I think what one thing I did find fun getting to see all the coaches sitting at home in their setups and stuff. You got to see each one's different setup. Cliff Kingsbury is sitting by a fire. He's like posted up by a fire in ninety-five degree weather, Arizona. Surprised Why? he's not like lying on a bear rug. <laughs> Doing, exactly. doing the whole nine well yards. Just be like out there, a full nine glass. yards. You know what we're talking. We're no, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, Bruce Arians was on the porch. He was just rubbing it in everybody's face. I'm in Florida. It's perfect weather. Yeah, yeah. I have Tom Brady and Gronk. Um, I don't care about the draft. I got Tom Brady and Gronk. I'm not really concerned about the, the draft now. Let the assistant coaches do that. <laughs> got a scouting uh, department. So, yeah, I thought it was fun. B- the Bengals, for example, Zach, uh, their, their coach, Zach Taylor, the man was sitting in the most empty, bland room ever, and I was like, "It makes." Sense. Bill Belichick's at his dining room table. That's pretty. Matt Patricia was at his dining room table. Everybody had their kids there. It was really cool. I thought it was pretty interesting as far as that. And uh, I will say, the coverage. I thought there was gonna be a lot of glitches and stuff. Trey Wingo, the whole coverage system, fantastic. They did really good. All right, impressed. Me. So the efficiency of all this online communication in this pandemic response. This is a non-football thought. I think you're going to see implementation of all this type of stuff that we've had to do over the last couple months forever. Like, we have we have tipped the glass on the future in the sense of, I think businesses have realized how to operate minimally and from home, and they're going to continue these processes to save cost, you know? So, well, I think here we are. I totally think... I totally think you're right, man. And I totally think like this, I think Zoom is going to stay active as far as like also just like people are probably going to keep doing these Zoom hangouts and stuff. It's cool for families. It's, it's cool for friends. It's like families and stuff. I was about to say, like if we got the group together, we all just, you know, I was thinking we should beers, be cool. hang out, chat it up. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Why not? Get the boys. And then it's, it's kind of like playing boys. Xbox, but like you're actually focused on communicating. Shoot the, exactly. shoot the crap, you know. <laughs> Way to PG that up for us. Thank you, Zach. Um, <laughs> so, guys, with all that's all, Zach, Gross Matus just went off the board. Oh, no. Yatir Gross Matus just went off the board. 
Um, so yeah, guys, uh, the draft last night. So let's start round one, pick one, Zach. Do we have to talk about it? It was obvious. We knew what was coming, right? Yeah. They said, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals called Joe Burrow on Wednesday and let him know that he was going to be drafted number one overall. And the draft is Thursday. So Thursday. Well, man had the knowledge, he knew, and there he goes, off Cincinnati. I think they got a good quarterback. I'm interested to see how that works out in Cincinnati for him. Yeah. Um, Another big surprise, pick number two, probably the best player in the draft. Oh, Art, definitely the best player. Chase Young, and that just, man, I hate on Ohio State because I'm a Clemson fan, but NFL factory, defensive end factory, you got the Bosa brothers, you got Chase Young coming out, so there you go. That's Chase Young's in it. That man's ready. Like that man's first down ready. Defensive ends in the NFL right now, just out of the last five years. And then you also he's coming to the NFC East. He's about to wreak havoc. Chase Young for the Redskins. You got Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, your head coach. He's got a nice new shiny toy to play with. Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. Can you imagine Ron Rivera with like a Luke Keekley style, but it's Chase Young? Oh my God! Yeah, Chase Young. I imagine his hand's gonna be on the ground a little more, but still. Um, play. So Zach, Ohio State not only produces what Joe Burrow at one point played at Ohio State, Chase Young finished at Ohio State. Also produced number three pick Jeff Okuda, cornerback, uh, goes to the Lions. Uh, I think that's a fantastic pickup. Uh, definitely need a lockdown corner there. Um, and so why not go ahead and snag him? Jeff Okuda, fantastic player. Like, man has great recovery speed, great lockdown corner. He loves press coverage, too. Yeah. And that's why you see a lot of NFL player, uh, teams running now. People talk about Okuda as a lock, which is surprising because the fourth pick in the draft, Daniel's old favorite school, Georgia, produces an offensive tackle to the Giants, who notoriously reached last year for Daniel Jones, which he's a good player, had a good rookie year. May not be a reach. I may have said that wrongly, but by all intentions, good intentions, they reached on Daniel Jones last year with the sixth pick. And here we are with the fourth pick, picking Andrew Thomas, who was many rated as the fourth or fifth best tackle in the draft, not the first best tackle in the draft. Daniel, he's your player at your college. Go. All right, so this kid... Big dude, you know, like 6'6", 336, big dude. I think that is really the number one reason why he gets picked up is because of that size, and that gives him a lot of upside. He is a he's, he's a da- very good run blocker already, um, but needs improvement in pass blocking. But that being said, the Giants need a lot of work on that line, and your number one concern, Saquon Barkley before Daniel Jones. Let's be honest about that. Um, so I think that you get the run blocker that you can develop into a pass blocker, but that being said, still totally think it, I, I agree. I think it was a bit of a reach, but at the same time, I think they got a good player. And I think Andrew Thomas is going to have a good career. Um, definitely, uh, definitely a high ceiling for the kid. Um, so the number five, uh, the Dolphins rumored to like Herbert, rumored to possibly take a tackle lineman. Guys, smoking mirrors, got it right? Smoking mirrors. Shout out, smoking mirrors. It's lion season, and we got Tua Tagovailoa in a Dolphins jersey. They finally got it right. It only took three hundred tries. You said, Matt, we're here. So here's the thing: there's pressure on the Dolphins here because. 
first off, loyal Dolphins supporters. Go Fins. Woo. It's not even that we're go fins, baby. mad fans. We're just mad supporters of the Dolphins. So, go Fins. <laughs> Brian Flores, head coach. He's from the Belichick tree. Fitz Magic's there, but you, you passed on Drew Brees when you had Nick Saban as your coach on the hurt quarterback. Second time around, second star power type guy. S- injuries. He's a Nick Saban guy. We're not passing. Taken to a star in the making. Lefty. Dan, how do you feel? Miami Dolphins. Tua, is he starting game one? No. No? No. And uh, honestly, if you're smart, you let that man rest for a few few, few weeks at least. But, uh, I mean, honestly, I don't think you really need to worry about rushing him in in any sense. This team is not bound for a Super Bowl next year, so don't try to rush him back exactly. Give that hip time just because he can throw some routes while nobody's covering and nobody's rushing him. How how good does he do when 300 pounds falls on top of him? That's the question. He hasn't done so well thus far. I wouldn't rush him back. Exactly. Uh, another quarterback taking number six. What was rumored to be liked by the Dolphins? Uh, the Chargers select Justin Herbert out of Oregon. I think this is a great pickup. I think just because the Chargers are well-built at this point with receivers, running back Austin Eckler, uh, there's just a lot. I think he has a lot around him, and he is a quarterback that needs stuff around him to be able to produce. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but I do think there will be growing pains for sure. Mm-hmm. And I actually really like the seventh pick. The hometown Carolina Panthers pick big and mean. Derek Brown from Auburn, defensive tackle. He can play inside, he can play outside. But with departures of Kwame Short and Luke Keekley retiring and losing Ron Rivera, Matt Rule needs to start his defense, build his bases, and that's why he chose Derek Brown, defensive tackle over Auburn, over what people thought was going to be the Panthers pick, but ended up being the eighth pick in the draft. Clemson linebacker Isaiah Simmons to the Arizona Cardinals. So, Derek Brown goes above Isaiah Simmons. But, Dan, we both like it. The landing spot, Arizona Cardinals, Isaiah Simmons. He's going to be a do-it-all for do it all for them. Like, he's literally going to go out there on defense. They're going to line him up just like Clemson. They're going to line him up in the slot, covering slot receivers, and line him up linebacker inside, outside, on an edge rusher. They probably play him at safety some too, man. Like, they're going to play that man all over the field. And he's going to make he's, – he's going to have an opportunity to affect the football game on every single down, Just I think. Update real quick. <clears throat> the Finns just got to us some help. A little bit more help, a guard. So as of now, Miami has picked a quarterback, a tackle, and a guard for Tua. So here we go. Well, Robert Hunt, Louisiana, and, uh, first team all Sun Belt. That's your territory, Dan. The Sun Belt. <laughs> Love the Sun Belt. <laughs> Uh, and then we got number nine, Zach, the Jags, which I'm surprised the Jags were at number nine. I'm just going to throw that out there. Didn't think they were that bad last That's year. That's the old Nick Foles uh, they effect. Pick up... Oh, yes, you're right. Pay a lot of uh, money and you get pay... nothing. <laughs> 
they pick up uh, C.J. Henderson out of Florida with uh, the departure of Jalen Ramsey. You're going to have to replace that cornerback, cover that side of the field. So you pick up C.J. Henderson, who had a really good year with Florida, uh, improved himself a lot. So I think they're getting a lockdown corner there. I think that's definitely a day-one starter. Uh, top to rounding out top 10, you get an Alabama uh, tackle to the Browns trying to protect uh, Baker Mayfield. Great pick. The Browns Mayfield. did not mess up the first round of this draft. Jedrick Willis was actually the top-rated tackle in the draft. We were talking about Andrew Thomas earlier out of Georgia, the fourth pick by the Giants' reach. But it's because you got Jedrick Willis falling all the way to 10. The Browns said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we'll draft him. That's huge, and that's huge. That's that's exactly what they needed out of this draft. It's not a pretty first-round pick, but like it's what they needed, I would say. Uh, the Jets go for a tackle also, try to keep Darnold upright also. I think that's a huge pickup for them. Um, tackle out of Louisville. Surprising. Uh, that the uh that's the guy that ran that's the tackle that's like 300 pounds that ran a sub five or like sub five five uh 40 dash like he ran a i think or sorry sub five i think it was like 4.1 the man was a bullet it's wild it's crazy well number 12 uh, this pick some scrutiny here we go las vegas raiders people are talking smack after day one of the draft, Dan, about the Las Vegas Raiders. The first pick in their team's history, Henry Ruggs III, wide receiver out of Alabama. Perfectly fine pick, but here's the problem. Two better receivers on the board. (laughs) Two better receivers on the board. So is this part of Gruden doing his whole character guy thing like he did last year when he picked Cleland Farrell very early? Um surprise pick out of Clemson defensive end you pick the character guys Josh Jacob into the first round that was a great pick over but uh so yeah I just sort of I will I do say I wonder do you question Gruden on this pick just by the fact of like what he showed you last year with picking a Josh Jacobs that nobody really thought was going to be what he was uh and then picking Colin Cleon Farrell who just didn't have a great year but let's be honest he's got he's got, he's going to need some time to develop he was definitely a developing core uh pass rusher uh so we'll see but uh, I think I think I think both of those are fantastic picks I think Ruggs is a great pick but I think the bigger problem is that, and we'll get it. We'll get into this in a couple picks. You let another. You let one of those top two receivers go to a divisional a divisional opponent, which is not ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, but we go to number thirteen. The Bucks. They go with a tackle, trying to keep Brady upright uh, out of Iowa. Uh, this man was really good. I, I was watching some of the tape that they were showing. He looked really good. A lot of uh, very, very quick, agile, quick off the ball. So I was impressed. Uh, definitely think that's a huge pickup. Uh, and obviously they're not looking for skill players right now exactly. Uh, San Francisco, uh, after losing uh, their uh, defensive tackle, Dante uh, or uh, Forrester, uh, they pick up another replacement, Javon Kinlaw, who I think is a day-one starter guy. That's a big pickup out of South Carolina. Uh, Shout-out Paul and the South Carolina boys. I know you all appreciate that. Got a lot of friends who appreciated that South Carolina first-round pick. Huge. Uh, and now we're into the other receiver that I said was – probably going to haunt the Raiders a little bit. They let the Broncos at 15 pick up Jerry Judy, Zach, and I think that's a huge mistake. But there's only one problem, Daniel. Drew Locke is his quarterback. And that's not a slide at Drew Locke. It's a slide at John Elway. Get it together. 
Get a quarterback. You're on the quarterback 10. You have to be. Like, just... You gave Flacco eight games. I just don't understand. Like, why is it so hard for Elway to get a quarterback to Denver in mile high? Like, pick up Cam Newton. You have Drew Locke. I was about to say, they're sitting on Drew Locke. I think he thinks Drew Locke is their future. I don't think that's the future. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, All right. All right. We'll see about that when you have five and 11. Wasting Von Miller. (laughs) That's a bad record. Bradley Chubbs wasting away. Chris Harris Jr. Uh, wasting away. The Falcons always seem to like to draft the Clemson players. They go for a cornerback out of Clemson, A.J. Terrell. What's your thoughts on that? I was surprised. I was surprised. Kind of like the Cleveland Farrell surprise. Like, not that these guys are bad players, but like, whoa, it's pretty early. It's pretty early. But, hey, national championship players, baby. (laughs) I love it. He's got championships. And A.J. Terrell did. I was about to say, he's made plays in some Yeah, he had the pick six to start the 2016 title game. So, hey. Hey, hey, well done. Go Tigers. <laughs> uh, the, the Cowboys add to the uh, wide receiver core they have. They pick up C.D. Lamb, and it's looking like they may end up playing him a little bit in the slot moreover than, like, playing him an outside receiver. Uh, but that, So I think you that... got Amari Cooper, and then you put C.D. on the other side, and then you also have uh, Michael Gallup, Jason Witten. Jason Witten, I do believe, is no longer with them. I do believe he was traded. Oh, yeah, he's traded. But anyways, it's just I was surprised to see the Cowboys take a receiver, really. But, hey, another weapon. Jerry Jones is happy. He's smiling, jumping up and down. I was about to say, it's, it's all a good, what Jerry wants. It's a good, wants. <laughs> sexy pick for the Cowboys. Well, and I do think that was a bit of just grab the next best available because it was C.D. Lamb still there available. Uh, it's kind of one of those you can't pass up deals. Uh, you mentioned that the Dolphins picked up a tackle. They pick up USC tackle Austin Jackson from number 18. Uh, and then at number 19, the Raiders have their second pick of the first round right after the Dolphins' second pick. And they go with another controversial pickup, though, to a lot of people. Uh, Damian Amati out of Ohio State, the opposite cornerback of uh, Joe, uh, Jeff Okuda, and, and who didn't, I'm not saying he was a bad player, but yet again, another bit of a stretch for the Raiders, I feel like. Character guys, who knows? That's what I feel like. I think you may be right. Uh, so then the Jags, they pick up an outside linebacker, Chase on, Kalevon Chase on out of LSU. He had a great back half of the season, a huge SEC championship game. Uh, so I think that's a great pickup for them, uh, especially in that defense that likes to run wild as far as trying to get after the quarterback. Uh, number 21 wide receiver Jalen Rager out of T- TCU for the Eagles. This was a pretty surprise pick. I don't think a lot of people had this man on his uh, first round draft grade. Not really just, I was pretty surprised that he got picked up like that. That was a name that you didn't hear a lot in college football either. Uh, but they get a wide receiver. He's got a lot of speed, speed guy after the catch. Um, mm-hmm. Zach. Uh, what you think about the uh, 22nd pick from the Vikings? They get Justin Jefferson to replace what I would assume be a replacement of St- Stefan Diggs. How do you feel about that? I mean, that's great. I'm still curious to see what happens to Odell. The the Titans were not the Titans. The Vikings, <laughs> similar things. Vikings Titans. They were the Vikings were mentioned as a uh, Odell's Landing trade spot? partner. 
And uh, Odell's definitely probably going to get traded. I think. I mean, I would like to see him stay on the Browns and go around again with Baker with some offensive line help. But if he gets traded to Vikings school, I think he should go to bigger market than that. Justin Jefferson, great receiver, good pick. But difference maker, is he going to tilt the needle more than Stephon Diggs? Probably not. I think Stephon Diggs is a better player. But if we're talking Constellation replacements, good potential, yeah, great. Great pick. Uh 23rd 22nd pick, pick in the draft. <laughs> 23rd pick, the San Diego Chargers. Second pick of the first round, they go with Kenneth Murray, a linebacker out of Oklahoma. Improved a lot along with that Oklahoma defense. But, yeah, I think this is a great player. Definitely going to be a four down, a three-down <coughs> player. Um, so I think that's huge for them. Uh, uh, 24, Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan, the center. Uh, the Saints trying to keep Drew Brees upright in these last, I would just, I think, a couple seasons. I don't know how many more you feel, Zach. I think you see two seasons out of <coughs> Drew Brees. Uh... And then we go to San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco, I do believe, traded uh, up from the second round um, and traded with the Patriots as the tra- Patriots traded out of the first round. They traded up into the 25th spot, picked up Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver from Arizona <coughs> State, another uh, er, the second first uh, first round wide receiver from Arizona State in uh, two years. Really impressive. Uh, Green Bay, Zach, we're going to talk about this one a little bit because they traded up from their spot at, I do believe, what was 31 or 30 of the draft, and they select Jordan Love QB out of Utah State. Now, this comes on the anniversary, I do believe, uh, like 15-year anniversary, from when they picked up Aaron Rodgers in the draft to be what eventually would be the replacement for uh, Brett Favre. Uh, notably, Brett Favre, not happy about that, uh, did not ever try to take uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers under his wing and teach him. There was actually very multiple reports of that relationship not being good. Uh, so I am curious, do you think Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers already didn't seem pleased? Do you think he's going to do the same thing that uh, he experienced with Favre? I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to be ticked because – they were 13-3 and three last year. They were in the NFC Championship one game away from the Super Bowl. So, you're sitting there with prime Rodgers. And when I say prime, I mean this is it. So, you better last. Yeah. surround him with everything you got, everything you can get. But they basically made it Devontae Adams or bust. All he's got is a big 6'4 receiver that really wasn't a premier player until he had a breakout year with Rodgers. And he's had good years since, but he's the only weapon. So what do you expect? Rodgers, I feel, maybe should ask for a trade. I don't know why. I mean, he... Hot take. Imagine, <laughs> imagine this. Imagine this. Aaron Rodgers is fed up with them trying to replace him. So let's go ahead and cut the cord. Let's cut it right now. Let's request a trade to the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys get Aaron Rodgers, they don't sign Dak, and the world is over as we know it. Holy crap. (laughs) So imagine how bad things could get if you're the Packers. You could literally do something like that, and I literally think the Cowboys would win a Super Bowl. You put Aaron Rodgers on that team, they would win a Super Bowl. And then 
you leave them in Green Bay as it's constructed. They got the defensive help. You need some offensive help. You can't. He's old. He can't run around. He can't fling it off two fingers like he used to. So help him out. You got rid of his best friend, Jordy Nelson, who ended up retiring because he didn't want to play anymore because you got rid of him off of Green Bay. So give the man some love, dude. He got you a Super Bowl. He hadn't done much in 10 years since, but it also hadn't had much help since. So well, when's the last time you had any super any running back of note besides last year with Aaron Jones, who was a nobody before last year? That's so. what I was about to say. At this point in the draft, the number of running backs that you have that are definitely going to be good running backs in the league for a few years, and you don't to use them, you don't try to pick up a wide receiver to provide a little help to Aaron Rodgers, as he had no, like, really receiver-wise, doesn't have a lot minus Devontae Adams. Um, you could definitely give him a little help there. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think this is something that could actually – cause a big rift between Rodgers and the and the uh, the Packers. Uh, could look at, well, you may be right, could be looking at him moving on somewhere at some point. Um, like th- just think of all the landing spots for Rodgers. Like, you could put him on any team, basically. Indianapolis. And be happy. Like, Indy. New York Jets. Uh, like I said, who did I say? Cowboys. Giants. Put him on, put him on the Raiders. Gi- oh, right? Got, <laughs> like a Raiders. Their guy. I mean, literally, you can put them in any big market. Imagine if the Steelers traded for Rodgers for the next five years. Exactly. Rodgers on the Steelers, are you kidding me? Like, Rodgers anywhere. Literally anywhere. Well, And Green Bay sitting here going to piss him off. Well, I think he's already pissed off, honestly. So, well, uh, number 27, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they go with a linebacker out of Texas Tech, Jordan Brooks. Uh, and then number 28, another inside, another linebacker out of LSU, Patrick Queen to the Ravens, just trying to improve that defense some. Uh, and then the Titans, they go with a little help on the offensive line in the trenches. They go with a second tackle out of Georgia in the first round, Isaiah Wilson. Um, another guy that is above 6'5", above 330, big dude. So I think that's just another situation where he had a lot of good tape, a lot of good uh, a good few seasons, and so probably just got that bump up there. And I think there's a lot of, t- a lot of tackles taken in this first round, honestly, so not a lot left at this point. Um, and then you go to, uh, pick 31, the, uh, Vikings, they pick up Jeff, uh, Gladney out of TCU. He's a cornerback. They're just trying to improve that, uh, uh, improve on that defense. Um, looking for that extra help that they need as they literally the past two years give up the biggest plays possible on passing wise and lose the last game they need to win, uh, to get the, where they need to be. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, And then the last pick, the Super Bowl champions, uh, they go with a running back, but surprise running back pick. Uh, They go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU rather than J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, all three of these backs who were graded higher than him uh, all still left on the board at this point. Yeah. You got some running backs left. I'm excited to see what happens in the coming days because you got some team filling that's going to go on. The second through fifth round is where you get some gem of players, too. You can, so. Yeah, you can snag some some straight gems. Uh, Very and exciting. And like we said, round two started. We already got a couple gems that I think are going to have long careers. Zach, you're going to like this. The Bengals pick up T. Higgins, giving Burrow Ooh. a little help, go opposite side Ooh. of A.J. Green. That's going to wow. be a mean combo. That's it. That's instant offense right that there. That is instant offense. Two, 
And you still Dude. got Joe Mixon? Mm-hmm. Uh, second round, uh, second pick, Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC, wide receiver, goes to the Colts. They traded up for that. Uh, the Lions, uh, their third pick, they pick up a running back, hopefully to help relieve a little stress off Matthew Stafford. They go DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. Got a little Georgia backfield there in Detroit. Uh, Who's the other one? Oh, you're, oh, you're talking about Stafford. Yeah. Stafford, my bad. Uh, you talking four, about another running back. Xavier McKinney out of Alabama safety. This is a guy that I think sort of like Isaiah Simmons, probably going to play a little bit all over the field. Definitely some linebacker, uh, definitely covering slot receivers, stuff like that. Uh, so number five, uh, the Patriots, who traded back last night out of the first round. They get their first pick of the draft. They pick up a, uh, Kyle Duger out of Lenore Rhine safety. What Belichick knows something that nobody else does somehow. Belichick has been to this guy's house and talked to him That's personally right. with his mom and knows he can jump over high things or something. Like, and I mentioned he's seen him. He's seen this man do supernatural feats. I probably is what's happened. Um, I said this earlier. Number six, Carolina Panthers. They pick up a defensive end to go along with uh, Derek Brown. Gross Matus, Yator Gross Matus, out of Penn State. Fun name to say. Uh, could have made How about the Colts, man? I love this pick. Don't sleep on this man. The running back, Jonathan Taylor to the Colts, second that, round. The fact that Jonathan Taylor falls to number nine, the 41st pick in the draft, that's crazy, honestly. Blew my mind. Uh, now just taken by the Bears. It looks like they traded up for him. Cole Kimmett out of Notre Dame, tight end, because they did just lose Trey Burton, who goes to uh, Indianapolis, signs a new deal there. Um, so they're looking to replace him with uh, Cole Kimmett out of Notre Dame. Uh, so, yeah, the, we still got a lot of draft left, a lot of players to go. Obviously, we're going to have episode three and four. We mentioned Dennis Rodman episode for the uh, Last Dance documentary series. Uh, really excited for that on Sunday. Um, so, Zach? I think that's all we got to this week. We just been knocked out 50 minutes. All we got, we put up 50 minutes because it's the first live sporting event we've had in months. So fun. NFL Draft recap episode number 38, Dan? 38. You know any famous 38s? Not off the top of my head. We also did not look them up. We'll just name it. We'll just throw a name on there. This is the NFL Draft episode. NFL Draft episode. Famous 38s, we'll, we'll get back to you. We'll, we'll put it, look at the episode name. <laughs> Check out our website, www.moodysportspage.com. That's M-O-O-D-Y, sportspage.com. All one word, no spaces, lowercase. On there, we got some articles for you, different topics. You got links for the podcast. You got a little bio on me and Dan. It's pretty great, some reviews. Love you guys. Thanks for all that you do. Anything else, Dan, before we sign off? Uh, follow us on Twitter at Moody Sports, Instagram at Moody Sports Page, at Moody Sports Page on Twitter. Follow us, you know, subscribe, like, review, rate, all that sort of good stuff. Give us the support. We appreciate all the support y'all always give us. We always, I can't believe we had a podcast, Zach, honestly. But Dan, Dan's getting emotional. Get emotional. We're out of here. (laughs) Thank you for listening to a very Moody Sports Show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Follow us on Instagram, Spotify, and Twitter at Moody Sports Page. That's right, a new name, Moody Sports Page. And listen up next week for good predictions and hot takes.